We are still fired up, and we're still talking about revolution. And welcome to the Doing Time Show. I'm Peter. Um, um, yeah, this is Free CR Community Radio 855 on the dial. Streaming live, um, www.freecr.org. First up, we, we are speaking t- with Brett Collins from um, Justice Action about um, prisoners' voting rights and mental health issues for patients and prisoners. We'll just go to a song now. Um, this is um, um, No Fixed Dress, We Ever Survived. And you're with Free CR 855 AM. Um, we have Brett Collins on the line. Hey, Brett. We wanted to t- welcome to the program. Um, can you t- tell us about what's going with the the prisoners prisoner voting from the inside? Yes, and look, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> look, you know, as an ex prisoner myself, I mean, yeah. you know, a lot of people go, oh, you know, well, who cares about you know whether the libs or Labor's in or um, you know what's happening in the federal government as opposed to state government? You know, all those things. Um, you know, if you're doing a long period in jail, you can start to feel a bit, uh, you know, jaded about the whole life outside. But yeah. um, that's not what it's about. You know, as, a, as the you know prisoner movement, you know, speaking, um, you know, for uh, the interest of prisoners generally, we want to make sure that that uh, there's uh, the the powers that people retain are, are effective and useful because uh, uh, the more they bypass um, people as. You know, um, of real people, of civil with civil rights and that sort of thing, the more they'll uh, take away a lot of existing rights, like the right to communication, the right to sending letters, the right to phones. Yeah. All those things are like very important rights. And likewise, is the right as a human being, as a member of the, you know, this, um, of the, as a citizen of the country, and uh, to be in, involved in the in the political activities of the of the of the nation. And so that's what's about for voting. It's just really a bit of. Um, uh, uh, defence of the prisoner as a real person, uh, and uh, and to also tell the people in authority that's the you know the commissioners of every state and territory, um, that the people they hold are citizens, right, with the rights to approach their member of parliament and yeah. the rights to you know criticise government and also be engaged in the whole process. Mm. So, so that's the important thing. So, so, um, so the the right to vote's one thing, but then in order to vote, they have to also enrol to vote. And yeah. that's the stage we're at at the moment because it's um, what we've discovered in a lot of states and territories, including Victoria, um, that there hasn't been a, a full penetration of the right of people who are who um, who are actually sitting in jail, who they know everything about those rights to to be engaged in the whole process of making the law. So the law is used against people to lock them into, into cells and leave them away from their families for many years. But, yeah. um, but the, the creation of those rights and creation of those laws is something in which prisoners um, have a right to be engaged, in fact, and even an obligation to be engaged. And so, um, so that's what this is about, to ensure that the prison authorities respect the right of prisoners to, to be enrolled and to and to then to have their um, postal vote in there and to and to make choices between you know who cares right left centre whatever it is it doesn't matter but at least to be engaged in the process is what it's about. Yeah, and you've been campaigning. I mean, Justice Action's been campaigning for a long time about. Oh, look, absolutely. About, you know, yeah. In fact, we we defended the right to vote nationally um, in, in I think it's 1997 actually <laughs> a few years oh, ago wow. now. And so, and of course, Vicky Roach, who was a Victorian um, yep. uh, Aboriginal prisoner, uh, you know, she she was uh, uh, she won the defended the right to vote. Uh, I think in about two thousand and 
six, I think, uh, mm. uh, with a very important case that was run by the Human Rights Law Centre down there in Victoria. So, you know, there's a, like a big history um, of um, activism um, and of being prepared to defend these rights and, uh, and having them. Uh, you know, we should exercise them. If we don't do it, uh, that's uh, that's a, a loss of one of the little levers we do we do retain. Yeah, that's it. We were talking before a bit off air about um, also mental health um, hospitals. Um, that's both. right, psychiatric patients. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, it's <laughs> it's very easy for um, for people to write them off and say, "Oh, well, they're mad anyway. Who cares?" I um, mean, you know, what would they know about yeah. about, uh, about uh, voting? Um, but the reality of it is, that people in psych uh, psychiatric uh, uh, hospitals. Um, retain their rights, the same as uh, do prisoners, and yeah. they, have, they can make choices, the same as prisoners can make choices. Uh, you know, you may well have uh, done something stupid and uh, may well have you know, mental health issues. Uh, you know, most times they're periodic anyway. They, they, they go through, um, you know, through you know, waves of uh, of, uh, of uh, 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 mental illness, and, um, and, um, and and other times you're totally lucid. So you are entitled to be engaged in the in the political process, and it's one of those things that. Um, is a part of your social support as a person, uh, and it's something that we are equally fighting um, for, fighting to retain. So mm. the right for people inside psychiatric hospitals to um, to be in, enrolled to vote, to be uh, and first of all, and then to vote. So both of those things are important, and and so we, like we we uh, approached uh, one of the electoral commissioners. Uh, uh, in 2016, and and, um, and they came back to us and said, "Are you sure they're allowed to vote? Are they actually allowed to vote?" <laughs> oh, really? You know, so at the top of the um, electoral commission, uh, they themselves didn't realise that they had an obligation to uh, enrol people inside the hospitals and also to distribute material to get the posters up, to give postal how to vote, or ensure that there was a there was a polling booth inside the hospital itself. Now, all those things are, are um, the rights of um, citizens generally, and then not rights that are taken away um, uh, from um, either patients or uh, or prisoners. Yeah. Um, going on to um, from that mental health issues, um, there's um, forced um, med- medication on, on patients, isn't there? Oh, look, absolutely. It's a big, big issue. It really is. Yeah. So, so disrespectful. I mean, to to um, <laughs> I, I saw a few years ago in a, in a conference, I saw photographs of um, people up in Queensland who were being uh, uh, locked to chairs. They were just yeah. uh, had straps around their arms and around their legs, and they were sitting in a chair, like a you know, like like a, an execution chair, I guess, uh, and mm. they're sitting there for hours. Uh, making sure that they weren't uh, moving their arms and legs, and so and that was seen as being kind of physical restraint. Uh, and uh, and looking, you know, as an outsider, and I'm a bit of an outsider in that. I have, must admit, I've never seen um, anyone uh, strapped to a, a psychiatric uh, to a chair uh, as a way of a way of uh, holding uh, control of them. But uh, uh, you know, that's pretty gross. It's uh, really is, yeah. confronting, as you can see that. But then what they have been doing over the last few years is, is uh, instead of strapping people for you know, relatively short um, periods of time, and what they've been doing is injecting people. And so you end up oh, with a, 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 the chemical handcuffs, which is much more subtle. Mm. And so all they do is they, they, they say, you know, we'll either uh, uh, come in and forcibly inject you or you can accept the medication. And um, and so uh, you just bend over and we'll take your pants down and um, or you can take it down yourself. And we'll just um, carefully inject you and you'll feel better, feel better, inverted commas. 
And, yeah. uh, and of course, you end up with uh, um, the result is the, uh, the prisoner has a, quite a few things, a lot of um, side effects. They, you know, they vary, but they definitely include things like you know, not being able to think properly, uh, uh, thing, lack of energy, uh, uh, no sexual uh, interest at all. That's all gone. Mm. Oh, well, who cares? Sorry. <laughs> it's well, an essential part of a, a, a person's humanity um, to uh, have a sexual aspect to their life as well. You can't just take it away because um, you uh, diagnose them as being mentally ill and make them feel sick, right? Because uh, you're, you're able to have a doctor to say that uh, they think it would be better for you. Um, you know, the, the actual restraints, the legal restraints uh, on on uh, doctors doing this, or, you know, or for that matter, you know, prison commissioners doing this, and this is what happens uh, in prisons as well as equally as in hospitals. And um, the, the restrictions are that normally there's an act of some sort that actually says that only if you are a risk of serious harm to yourself or others can they do that to you. But that, mm. in practice, doesn't happen. And, um, and you find uh, there are many thousands of people inside the prisons um, and, of course, in the hospitals um, who are being forcibly medicated and um, or else being told, if you don't voluntarily take this, uh, we'll inject you. And, and there'll be a lot of consequential things in the back of that as well. So it's uh, pretty horrendous. It's, um, it's a big battle. It's an ongoing battle. It's part, actually, unfortunately, part of the culture of the uh, mental health um, and justice health uh, uh, way of the industry itself. And so, uh, you know, it's a big campaign, and we've been working on this for a long time. Uh, we're not going to move away from it either. It's a very significant battle to win. So, um, they were like um, getting restraints on them, on them, like you know, restraints um, due to taking, so they can take, give them the medication, or well, you know, that's right. Look, I mean, look. To be to be fair, there are so many people who are you know so distraught inside jail. You know, who you know, have lost their families, lost their jobs, lost their, their loved ones. Um, mm. you, know, you feel it's really just you know just. Uh, uh, you know, can't handle it anymore. Um, you know, they um, uh, you know they prefer to to ease the pain, and so medication is one way in which that can happen. And people do become really um, depressed, as you can imagine, if you've lost all everything in your life, yeah. including you know reputation and things like that. You know, many people just want to opt out, and so a drug of some sort, whatever that is, um, if it can be given legally, you know, so seen as being uh, making you know making time pass, you know, making the the pain less. So, you know, there are people who are you know, prepared to accept that, but many people don't. And many people, you know, feel that it debases their life that uh, they're preparing for when they are going to be released. And so uh, and, you know, they don't want to be medicated into submission. They want to uh, use the time for their benefit to, you know, prepare for their life when they are returned again, uh, keep fit. You know, there's, uh, a lot of people can look at their prison system and, and the prison sentence in a, in a positive way as well. And, and so, and so, and even if... Even if some people feel so hopeless um, that they're prepared to um, accept medication, I think our task is to make sure um, that they don't feel so hopeless, that there are options available to them. And, you know, that's part of the work of the prisoner movement. And, uh, and so, uh, so, of course, uh, prisoners themselves, uh, those voices are very important in that battle. Yeah, that's it. So uh, what, 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 are, what, what are you do? What are um, Justice Action doing about the medic- forced medication and well, uh, well, okay. So, you know, like we've been running a series of campaigns, actually. So, yeah. so we've um, picked up particular focus people, 
And so at the moment we have a man called Malcolm Baker who's up here in, in New South Wales and, and we've, uh, we've run a very hard ghost over a number of years actually to, to, um, to defend him. We've won. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, uh, uh, you know, they're still wishing to um, hold him under some uh, a mental health restriction rather than letting him go. They're no longer medicating him, which is wonderful, yeah. um, but they still want to hold him um, as a mentally ill person and to be resisting that. So the next battle is to make sure that um, we'll go to the Supreme Court. Um, if uh, if uh, uh, we need the court to, um, uh, to state um, you know, the wrongness of the tribunal's decision, then we'll do that. So, you know, we do the battles, and then in that process, we are also telling the, the mental health authorities that, you know, they can't do what they want. Uh, there, you know, there are organisations outside that will run the defence and, uh, and defend it as a matter of principle. Yeah, that's true, yeah. So going back to the um, uh, prison, fighting in prisons, um, what, what is, um, is there any campaign happening um, on Justice Action website or...? Oh, look, absolutely. Well, you know, we've got campaigns running uh, uh, right across the, uh, the uh, across the board. I mean, the I guess uh, at the moment what we're doing is that the uh, the federal election where yeah. we're pushing prisoner education. Prisoner education is an important one, and yeah. so and uh, we're getting statements from all political parties about how you know how much effort are they prepared to put into into prisoner education? What are they what do they see as being um, the the key thing is how much money they're prepared to put into it. And look, we know, for example, in, in say New South Wales, um, if you uh, there is no provision for uh, uh, for gaining education over certificate two, certificate two, and that's it. Mm. <laughs> so people wanting to um, to learn uh, uh, for to do a high school certificate, for example, or do university university course, not there. They they decided uh, two years ago to privatise prisoner education, and the whole distance education is gone. So you know to defend that to extend, to bring it back is one of our major campaigns. But what we're also trying to do is make sure that that um, the uh, the education issue is is dealt with a bit a bit stronger than it has in the past. So what's happened in the past we be dependent upon um, the teachers to be you know in there allowed into the into the um, education classes, prisoners being able to be taken in for um, you know the guard to to be there enough guards there to be um, in place and so that um, and then to have computers that people can can actually you know, can use them to you know and then to have access to the information. Oh, each one of those uh, uh, steps uh, uh, you know is obstructed at every stage. So hard to um, to to really uh, uh, use the time that you have whilst you're in a prison cell to to work work it properly, make it work for you. So so our major campaign around on this is to is to to get computers into the cells and access to the internet, which is happening in the, in the ACD and it hasn't happened in other states and territories to the extent that, that it has in the ACD. Oh now, really? The ACD has got so important. It means from inside mm. your cell, you then have access to to send emails through to your family. You have access yeah. to, um, to do counselling, to get some information about you know why um, your legal case, you know why yeah, you know, what, what what you know why, how can you defend yourself against the charges? What is the law about the issue? To use your time properly, and then of course to ex- expand you know, your own um, awareness of you know, who you are and you know, to, and to start to explore yourself as a human being. And mm. they're, they're the sort of things that the the average citizen, the you know, the taxpaying citizen, expects corrective services to assist. And in fact, you know, corrective services blocks, obstructs. And so, you know, our job is to is to you know, is to uh, get uh, 
all states and territories, all prisoners in every state and territory um, access to a computer in their cell, their own computer, and to have, um, through a safe server, access to education courses, learn about the law, yeah. use their time properly. So that's a big campaign. We have won it in New South Wales, but then, um, then uh, you know, the actual uh, carrying out of the victory has been another few steps. There's some more work to be done yet, but um, there's definitely going to be a winner, and that will be a very important thing to win for everyone. So has that got to do with um, the state laws, you know, how you can't have uh, recycled bottles in, I don't know, you know what I mean, <laughs> in Adelaide okay. and stuff like that? Yes, okay. Similar well, to that. Yes, look, having computers, um, look, it would be um, so simple. In Queensland, for example, you, you pay $3 a week yeah. and you have access to a computer. And that computer then is available for you for general purposes. And you can also use it for, for use it as a television as well. You can play games on it. You've got you know, access, so it becomes a bit of a centre, a, a, a central console, right, to, to use. Um, for um, uh, to use your time correctly and um, and uh, and to expand uh, expand outside of uh, just the prison walls and outside of just having your your mate who's next door who you can you know you shout outside the wing the windows over and um, and so um, you know make jokes and shout and yell and abuse people <laughs> you actually mm. can use your time um, uh, to have um, inspiring people present things to you. Uh, and not some silly, silly idiot box looking at you with, uh, you know, your, you know, five um, television channels, uh, but to, yeah. um, but to have something that you know, stimulates you, that's addressed to you personally, and which you can, when which you can interact instead of being passively watching, uh, you can you can interact with someone and and become involved and actually learn more about yourself and deal with your problems. You know, yep. That's what everyone expects to happen. It doesn't happen in practice at all. So I reframe what I was meant to say. Um. Is that uh, like a you know how um, why that there's not in um, it's in Canberra but not in New South Wales and for instance is that is that because of the laws state laws? Oh, Peter, look, it's not really that. It comes yeah. it comes down to the attitude of the of the government itself, the attitude of the of the bureaucracy. Yeah. Um, in in the ACT, they were very uh, hesitant to build a jail at all because they depended upon New South Wales prison system to hold the ACT prisoners. Oh, and right. so for a very long period, there were very few prisoners in the ACT, and and uh, and they uh, there was no no prison at all. Mm. But then when they decided to bring the prison in about well, maybe twelve years ago, um, they built it with um, with the intention of it being a, like a human rights friendly prison. So every cell had a computer, and yeah. they all had access to the internet. And and after a few little hiccups, um, now they um, everyone uses their computers, and most importantly, uses it for 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 email. So yep. every every person is sending you know, emails backwards and forwards, and instead of instead of um, sending letters, they send an email. So they, every week, twenty two thousand twenty two thousand emails go in and out of that little jail. So there's three hundred and thirty prisoners there, wow. and so uh, and uh, twenty two thousand emails go in and out every week. Wow. So that just gives a sense of you know how important it is, uh, and of course the education as well, and all the other things follow as well. Yeah. Well, thanks very much for that. Because uh, where can people find out about the, um, these campaigns? Well, uh, it, probably the easiest is if people want to send letters. They're happy to receive letters from people. Um, now, our PR box is PR box three eight six, Broadway, New South Wales two double zero seven. So PR PO box three eight six 
Ward Road 2007 as uh, justice action, so they can send to that. Otherwise, you know, people are listening um, to this from outside. Uh, our website has heaps and heaps of information on all this. So if they were just to go on www.justiceaction.org.au and, um, and it's all there and we're happy to respond to people's inquiries as well. Oh, thanks, Brett. Have you got anything else to, you'd like to add? Oh, Peter, there's, there's so much happening <laughs> so across much, the board. Yeah. Um, you know, we, <laughs> you know, like some of the um, like, um, new legislation coming in uh, about uh, uh, you know, victims' legislation, the mental health legislation happening, I mean, sex offending legislation. You know, some oh, of those right. things are really, really you know, aggressively um, um, anti-prisoner. Um, totally irrational, actually, because uh, mm. uh, the, the uh, level of crime has reduced everywhere, all through the, every Western country has been reduced because of you know, increased uh, uh, technology, you know, surveillance, there's more, a whole range of things have happened which discourage uh, people from, from doing certain sorts of crime. Yep. So crime is reduced, right? But then at the same time, because of the way politicians um, I, I perceive the public as being wishing to be you know, you know, be, uh, aggressively punitive, yep. politicians have increased all the sentences. So people are spending longer in jails uh, they're building new jails to um, uh, to fill up with uh, more people, a lot of Aboriginal people, of course, and are amazingly affected, and um, and uh, costing enormous amount of money that should otherwise be spent on uh, education and health for the same people. And so you know, they're the sorts of irrational policies that we have to get in and uh, and keep um, you know poking politicians about. Yeah. All right. Thanks very much for that. We'll, I'm sure we'll talk okay, to you soon, eh? Lovely. Good to talk with you again. Okay. Yeah, same. Okay. See bye. Okay. Bye. 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 That was Brett Collins from the Justice Action, and you're with 3CR's 855 AM um, or www.3cr.org.au. Um, we're going to interview um, Jess from Melbourne Legal Observer. Um, she was a coordinator of um the invasion day um we're going to talk about um over policing at the recent um invasion day rally um this year um organized by um war at warriors of aboriginal resistance this it took place in the city melbourne legal melbourne activist legal support was at the rally and identified Many major um, concerns. Hi, Jess. Hi, Peter. How are you going? How are you? Um, so, you were at the um, rally on last Monday. Last Saturday, yes. Saturday. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you were the co-owner of the um, the Melbourne Activist Legal Support. Yeah, that's right. Observer. So we yeah. had a, that's right. Yeah. So Melbourne Activist Legal Support. We had um, a team of ten legal observers uh, out on the day. Mm. So the um, you put it up a um, statement concerning the over police policing of the Invasion Day March. Could you talk about the that's statement in detail? Yeah, that's right. So um, it's up on our website. It's melbourneactivistlegalsupport.org and you can find it on our Facebook as well. Yeah. Um, so we had several areas of concern um, and I'll go into detail, but just to brief it, um, 
as as always, we're concerned about the high level of policing. Yeah. Um, an event that is and always sort of has been and we believe should be given space to be conducted in peace. Mm. Um, we were concerned about the prevention of the public address system, um, the temporary restriction of the march, the use of the mounted unit, the open carriage of weaponry, um, and concern about ID badges. Yeah. So the high level of policing... Um, Look, we saw we saw the public order response team there, the critical incident response team, which we haven't seen um, in past years. Mm. Um, now they're trained um, and have access to weaponry that some of the other teams don't. Um, so concerns that they were present um, can generally mean that they're expecting um, potential incidents where they might be utilised, um, and it sends a message that perhaps that might occur. Um, we also noticed an evidence-gathering team, which we've been seeing at some events recently, um, filming attendees, filming organisers, filming some of the speeches. Oh, really? Um, yeah, to be, yeah, so we're not you know, entirely sure where that goes, but um, for use in internal policing. Um, look, and, and look, for anybody that's attended these marches, we know that they're peaceful, um, yeah. especially for events that we're looking at tens of thousands of people uh, in the city. Um, and for them to be conducted peacefully, it, it's such um, a credit to the organisers. Um, and when we've got, um, you know, children and elderly with access requirements attending these events to send a message with such a level of policing um, that they might um, look like um, or need that level of policing, we at Mel's believe that it constitutes a form of discrimination um, and sort of discredits um, the cause. Um, so we're, we're quite concerned, as we have been in previous years, that it's attracting such high levels. Mm. Um, the, the prevention of the public address system, so organisers have, and they have their PA system, attached to that, and they use that to communicate to tens of thousands of people, um, not only their messaging, but also um, communication about where the march is going and how to move around, um, and that way is confiscated. Um, So we're, yeah, very concerned about that. Um, We we think that it um, raised some some safety issues, first of all, Um, and, and secondly, that it, we believe it constitutes a form of political a suppression of political communication. Mm. Um, That's so true. Yeah, we, yeah, we weren't we weren't too happy about that one. Um, the next at the beginning, as the march took off from Parliament um, and moved a block down um, Burke Street, um, we're not we're not too sure what what happened or sorry sorry why it happened, but um, the police formed a human barricade and stop the march from proceeding um, for about 10 minutes. Um, so first of all, again, we're worried about the safety concerns um, yeah. about that, uh, especially when they had their PA system and couldn't communicate that to the people at the back. We're worried that that can um, cause things like crowd crush, um, keeping people in the heat longer than they needed to be. It was quite warm that day that someone was out. Um, and also... Um, prevention of a political, um, sorry, a peaceful organisation. Um, and we haven't been able to speak to anyone that, that knows 
why that happened. Mm. Um, what we think in that um, scenario, what should have happened, police ought to have deferred um, to the rally marshals, um, who were who were well organised, who were identifiable very easily, um, or allowed to, or allowed the march to proceed. Um, it didn't seem to serve any purpose. We're not too sure what the intent was. Mm. Um, now, the next thing we're concerned was, as we always are, the use of the mounted unit. Um, yeah. So the horses, the police horses, um, we don't think there is any... Um, is there? Uh, situation, oh. yeah, situation that sort of warrants the use of public of, of the mounted branch. Um, as we saw, there was an incident in the, the St Kilda um, rally recently um, where the far right bent um, the left where we saw an incident where the horses caused quite a dangerous situation. Um, yeah. We've got people and access issues and if horses are in close proximity, um, the, the, the risk of injury significantly rises um, and we do see the horses moving around people quite closely so we don't think that they should ever be used. Um, while they're not there utilised for crowd control, their presence just remains unnecessarily intimidating. And so we like to remind people that invasion day rallies um, have proceeded entirely peacefully. Um, so we really don't think they want use of the mounted branch. Yep. Um, we're also concerned along the same line is the use of um, large police vehicles. Um, in close proximity to to the crowd. So we saw the deployment of some vans and other sort of large vans that were used to transport the police there. And so up on Spring Street at the beginning of the march um, and following the march, um, we saw them positioned as close as five metres to tens of thousands of people, which we just think is entirely unnecessary and leads to a serious injury. Yeah. Um, and not something we want to see. Mm. Um, and the open carriage of weaponry. So um, there's been a significant escalation in the militarisation um, of the weaponry Victoria Police has. Um, so we're starting to see um, flash noise, distraction devices, um, the newly acquired stinger grenades. We're starting to see them come out more often. Um, so we were seeing them... Um, on police bodies. Um, we also, one of our legal observers also observed um, a member of Victoria Police um, openly carrying a canister of OC spray um, out of its holster, um, just casually walking around. Wow, um, that's so we, Yeah, so again, we can't find a reason that, that was warranted. Um, we don't think it ever is. Mm. Um, and especially with the the kinds of the weaponry that we're we're seeing, um, the the flash noise devices, the the stinger grenades, they're designed to shock and disperse crowds. Um, and they're, they're the kinds they use as repression technology. So we shouldn't really be seeing them out in open spaces at all. Ah, um, oh, right. Yeah. So we're we're concerned that they're they're present at all. Um, we, we can't 
find any sort of operational purpose for them. Um, we're a little bit worried. Mm. Um, again, we saw some members of Victoria Police were observed without their ID badges. Um, as you'll find in most of our official statements, um, it's something that we see quite regularly. Um, and by their own um, regulations, Victoria Police members in uniform are required to wear current issue name tags um, that you know have details like their name, initials, surname, and rank. Yeah. Um, so we're continuing to see Victoria Police members without them. Um, it's a, a particular concern um, when you consider why they're not displaying their name badges. So could you talk about the um, statement, in, I mean, uh, concerning the human rights, Char- Victorian Charter of Human Rights and Responsibilities and the implement? sorry, freedom and political (laughs) communication in the Constitution? Yep. Could you reframe the question? Uh, Could talk about the human rights in the Victorian Human Rights Charter and Responsibilities Act. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So that implies... We've got that in there because that implies that... Hello? ...act in a way and policy to reflect um, the human rights of constituents of Victoria. Um, So when we talk about um, repression of political communication, um, Mm. we say that in a way of members and constituents of Victoria um, have a right to express political opinions, um, form a political organisation. So... Um, removing that PA system um, and removing the right to communicate political um, ideas um, and communicate that to a political organisation on the day, um, we constitute that as um, a repression of political organisation and therefore in right. Does that answer the question? Yep, yep. Okay. So what? Um, so that sort of details our main areas. Yeah. Um, obviously, we also saw um, orbs of two far right supporters being arrested and removed. Mm. Um, as far as we're aware, no rally attendees were arrested yeah. um, or apprehended. Um, now, while we are aware, or while we know that Victoria Police were aware of the risk of far right or patriot um, or fascist groups. Um, making an attempt to counter-protest or antagonise the march. We want to stress um, that we do not believe that this accounts for justifies the level of over-policing um, or the tactics or the open carriage of weaponry witnessed. Um, yeah, yeah. Because this is... Um, we, we, we see this every year. This is consistent. Um, so we do want to make that, that quite clear. Yeah, it's like a police state, I mean, basically. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, it was really uh, peaceful and family-orientated, and it's really scary to have, like, intimidating. They're trying to intimidate everyone to, you know, feel like they can't, don't want to go to the rally. That's how I, how I see it. And um, It is, yeah. That's what, that's what we feel. 
um, the rallies have always been peaceful and family orientated and yeah. and safe for people. And when we're seeing these tactics used, um, they do create the impression that it, especially to onlookers um, or in the media or the press, um, that it that it's dangerous um, or that there is a risk of violence, and that's why these tactics. Um, and over-policing needs to be employed. Um, and that's simply not the case. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Mm. Um, is there any final comments you'd like to talk about? Uh, n- no, I think that I've covered everything. Did you... Yeah. Were there any final questions? Oh, I was, where do you think... So, f- from the statement, where are you going to go from there? Like, what other steps... Will the will the um, legal support team take? Um, so we we release our statements on our website, and they become available um, for anybody who wants to take them up or use them in their work. Yeah. Um, Melbourne Activist Legal Support are available um, to organisations um, who who organise rallies. Um, or events, or um, community um, protests, or you know things along those lines. Um, who feel that they need um, legal support? Um, we also provide, uh, or can provide, um, legal assistance or links to legal assistance at these types of events. Mm. Um, you can find us on our website um, if you're an organizer, um, and I encourage. Um, event organisers to look us up. Yeah. Um, as I, as you know, we've discussed, um, we are seeing an in, a, a radical increase in the militarisation um, of the police state in Victoria, um, and we are an avenue for for, for organisers. Also, um, people who are videotaped or. Of you know, f- films, um, any incidents I could contact these guys too. Hey, absolutely, yeah. Um, if you have any reports, um, from events that you know that we're there, if you have any reports of um, police acting outside of jurisdiction, um, again, I encourage you to get in contact with us. Mm. Um, uh, we may be able to provide assistance, um, or include it in our statements. Um, that come out, obviously, several voices are more powerful than one. Yeah, that's right. And there's um, yeah. training days too, isn't there, with the um, Absolutely. Uh, that, that's correct, yeah. So we will have a date um, confirmed soon, but we will be running training for anybody that wants to get involved as a legal observer. Yeah. Um, and that will, you'll be able to find that on our website. Yep. So the role of um, legal observers is to just to document um, over policing and um, is that what That's they do? Correct, yes, and they write yeah, down. Yeah, so legal observers. Yeah, attend the events um, as part of a group um, and document the write notes, contribute to the report, um, post events. Mm. Um, yeah. Thanks very much, Jess. Um, we'll sp- speak to you sometime soon. I'm sure. <laughs> Thank you so much for having us. No worries. Have a good one. All right, thanks, Peter. Bye. All right, you too. Bye now. Bye. 
And that was Jess from um, Melbourne Legal Activist Support. Um, 